Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem provided by you, the Columbus Blue Jackets fans. On the Star Spangled Banner, please welcome Mr. Leo Welsh. And I love you guys, and welcome in to this edition of All Andy Alfred tonight, the 16th of January, 2018. I am your host, that is best with, I guess, tuna and toast, but they, it's what the rhyme is called. I'm Andy Alfred, your host this evening, and welcome in to All Andy Alfred tonight. Welcome into the program, and you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms. With the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes and the Apple Podcasts, whether it be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. Got a lot to get to tonight, of course. We got the NFL Championships, the Division Champion, the Conference Championships this weekend. Gonna dive also in tonight a little bit about about college basketball and the streaking. Bowling Green State University Falcon basketball team, as well as the women's team as well. We'll dive into that. As well as Jim Beheim and his Syracuse Orange getting the job done. And also all the information about the Winterfest and the ECHL All-Star Fest. But you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford. So welcome aboard. And first we're going to get started with the Jackets. And I tell you, folks, when I last left you last Tuesday, this team, this team did not have any cracks in them. When I left this program last Tuesday, getting ready for the Tampa Bay game last week, I told you that this these three games against Washington, Nashville, and Tampa were key games. Key 
key games to determine if this team, if this team is legitimate this year. And what we found out is what I am considering as the Jackets turn. A soap opera about the Columbus Blue Jackets as the Jackets turn. And I tell you, this is this has been brewing for a long time, folks. I've been waiting for somebody to finally crack between the two of these guys, and it finally happened. It finally happened. And it's the guy I didn't want to see crack. It's the guy I didn't really want to see crack, and that's Sergei Bobrovsky. This is this is not good. This is this is not good. Folks. Let me get to why this is not good. Just a second. So Tuesday night, when I last left you on Tuesday night, the Jackets were getting ready to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning at MLA Arena in Tampa, Florida. Bobrovsky in net for that game. The Jackets had no fight and no fight in them in this game. No fight in this game. They looked absolutely miserable. They had 31 shots on it. They outshot Tampa Bay in the game 31 to 22. But Tampa just lit them up in the scoreboard, beating them 4 to nothing. Kucherov is 21st. Brandon Point with two goals. Brandon Point, two goals in the game, 25th to 26th of the season. Joseph, his 11th, started the scoring. Tampa led in the faceoff department 58% to 42% for the Jackets. Both teams over on the power play. The Jackets out hitting Tampa 24-23. After the fourth goal, which is by Kucherov, Bob was pulled. Corpusalo goes into the net. This is when the incident begins. It is after the pull. Now, most players goaltenders after they're pulled from a game they'll go into the locker room they'll get dressed down on a few things they'll throw on a hat go to the bathroom do what they need to do there was 11 minutes left to go in the third period 11 minutes to go left to go in the third period and the report is that bob went to the locker room at the 11 minute mark when he got pulled went to the locker room and started taking off his uniform and clothes and getting dressed in street clothes. Not waiting to the end of the game. Management and coaching staff did not like that and that started an argument between Bobrovsky, Tortorella, and team leaders. Pivotal team leaders at this time. Now, there was an outside report that came out that there was a fight that took place on the bus. I don't believe it. I think it was more of a fight that was inside the room. Bobrovsky finally got some stuff off his chest, and I, you know, I commend him for that. You know, stick up for your ground. Stick up your ground. And this team is relying on a forward that hasn't been, that just came in in year two of his contract 
option for the third year next year. Option to sign, to try to get a signing deal for the third year. Not going to happen, I don't think. And Bobrovsky's been there since day one, since he got traded from from Philadelphia. And you mean to tell me that if Bob can't pass off judgment on the situation? This man has gotten you to so many playoff appearances in the last two years. Put the franchise on his back. He finally cracked. And people's like, oh, well, look at this. You know, Bobrovsky wants out of Columbus. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Look. It's becoming prevalently clear now. Bob wants out. Kekalainen doesn't want him out. They want to get in a negotiation. But it's becoming more and more apparently clear that this is this is something serious now. I mean, we are getting we are a week and a week and a half out from the major considerations when it comes to the free agency in the NHL, and Bobrovsky is a key piece to this situation. Sure, a lot of teams want him, a lot of teams want him, but this was this was a Interesting thing. And then Aaron Portsline, it's not Aaron Portsline, but Brad Hager from the Dispatch. Here's the piece. This was in the on the 11th, on uh, Friday. Blue Jackets, Bobrovsky, back with team. Quote, I let my emotions get to me. Bobrovsky rejoined the Blue Jackets practice Friday, but how long will he remain at the number one position? That's the number one question. That has become a pressing question after recent undisclosed incidents cited by General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen led to Bobrovsky's one-day hiatus from the team Thursday. Uh, Kekalainen wrote, he said, He has a contract with us until the end of the year, and if he he's here until the end of the year, then we expect him to come back and do his best 100% of the organization for the organization and teammates. He met with the Kekalainen met with the team, met with the reporters in the locker room before Bobrovsky's media scrum. He said it had nothing to do with any of the staff, the stuff, trade talks. It was just a separate incident that we needed to deal with and resolve. Bobrovsky and Kekalainen each said the situation is resolved after team meeting to, quote, unquote, air things out was held in the locker room before the noon practice on Friday. Bobrovsky addressed the media and to his teammates in the meeting, which included Kekalainen and eventually becoming a player-only talk. Afterwards, Bobrovsky put on his gear for practice, arrived three minutes late, and as the last man on the ice slowly appeared by by meeting meeting it by the meeting itself, which was required to attend before rejoining the team. <sighs> this is not good. I told you this at the beginning of the season, that this is going to be one of those things that's going to high over the Jackets all season. And it held over the Jackets on Thursday when they took on Nashville. Now, this was, like I said, a key game for the Jackets. These are three, the three, key, these three key games, Tampa, 
Nashville, and Washington were the three key games of the Jackets, and they came out swinging. With Jonas Corposalo at the, at the helm, he had this team held on. Benino, uh, Aversen, and Eklom all scoring for the Nashville Predators, but Boone Jenner getting two, Brad getting the overtime at, overtime winner for the Jackets, propelling them to a 4-3 win. Nashville getting the out shooting the Jackets 35-33. The Jackets 53% on the faceoff dot. Nashville 47%. The Jackets a surprising 2-for-2 two two on the power play. They got the power play going, and they got the game winner on the power play in overtime. Nashville 0 for 2 on the power play. The Jackets out hitting the Predators 26-21. And uh yeah, the Jackets get back into the swing of things after the loss in Tampa. And reading on a little bit more from from Hedger's piece here, he also wrote in here Bobrovsky believes that the process erases any issues that might have lingered from the incident which had been discussed in detail other than Kekalainen and Barbrasi each saying it was, wasn't was the result of the conf- confrontation with Coach John Torrella. So they think it's not Co- Torrella that got involved with the fight. They don't... I, I don't think it was. I don't really think it was. And uh, Bob met with the media on on Friday after the game, after after practice and everything like that, and he said this, I let my emotions get to me, and I shouldn't, and I shouldn't have. So we had a meeting with the team. I pride myself on being a good teammate all the time, whether I play or whoever I play for. And I address that to the team. That is what it is. What happened happened. We cleared the room. We're ready to move on. It's unfortunate for the fans too that it happened, but it's gonna stay in the room between us. Uh. It was it was an interesting development out of the whole situation. Um, Bobrovsky, you know, deteriorating away some questions of if he wants to be here or not. And this is this is a killer. This is a really killer. This is a killer for me. Because I have to say what I have to say here. If Bob doesn't want to be here, then we need to get rid of him. I love Sergey. He is one of my favorite jackets of all time. He will go down as one of the best goaltenders I have ever seen in my entire life. But when you jeopardize your career like this, and you have broken yourself down for this, you've broken yourself down for this, this tells you something. This absolutely tells you something about this guy and this player and this and this team. And I'm going to say this too. I stick up for the guy because of the fact that he himself is one of the most down-to-earth players I've ever seen in my entire life. He doesn't think about himself. He thinks of the team. More than anything else. You have, you look at all the interviews that he has done with the media. It's like my guys in front of me stepped up to the plate. My my team helped me out through that. It wasn't me. It was his. T- it was a team effort. And you don't see that in the NHL that often. You really don't. 
You really don't see that in the NHL that often. But, but the, the thing is to me is that he finally cracked under this whole situation. And it's because of one player, and that's Artemi Panarin. I blame this all on the Panarin and the fans that want Panarin to be here. Now, I, 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 get, you, I get you Panarin fans that want to stay. Oh, yes, he's providing us with a lot of goals. He has helped us out so much. He has, he has provided so much. He has eight, 16, eight, 17 goals this year with the Jackets. Okay, I see your point. Let me tell you about what about Bob. What about Bob? What about Bob? He legitimately has a chance. And then you see this vodka company out of Columbus, High Bank, posting a billboard on Vine Street in downtown Columbus saying if Panarin stays, he gets vodka for the rest of his time in Columbus. Free. Now, sure, that's a funny gag and everything like that, you know, but that's kind of a slap in Sergei Bobrovsky's face, in my opinion. Bob should be the one to get that. Bobrovsky deserves it. He does so much for charity in the city of Columbus. He does so much on the ice for his teammates. A forward is a dime a dozen. A goaltender with his caliber is a legend. Nobody talked about Panarin when he was with Chicago. He was a side piece to Patrick Kane. Bobrovsky is the heart of the Jackets. The absolute heart of the Jackets. And I am sick and tired of everybody saying, oh, we got to keep Panarin. All this. I'll give you a perfect example. I listen to the CVJ artillery. I listen to those guys. I love the guys. I've had, I wanted to be on that podcast for a long time. Bob needs to stay. You have a Vesna caliber goaltender who's gotten you to the playoffs the last two years. Not a man that is called the bread man. He ain't gigging. He wants all the bread. Bob wants to stay in Columbus. He is a face of the franchise. He is a face of the organization. And he should stay in Columbus. Goaltenders are key. Forwards are a dime a dozen. Absolutely a dime a dozen. And I am sick and tired of it. I'm absolutely sick and tired of it. Oh, we have to keep Panarin. Oh, we got to give him a blank check. And look, the blank check should go to Poprovsky. He has been there the longest. He has seniority. He has tenure. He is one of the down-to-earth guys out there. And to see, see his city and his fans... Going against him. Picking a, a Russian bread man. Instead of the 
Bobinator. I call him the Bobinator. It's just an absolute joke. An absolute joke. Now, I'm holding myself back. If this was uncensored, oh, this would be all over. The R rating would be all over here. Because Bob deserves it. Not a bread man. Bob deserves it. And if you think that Bob needs to go, well then turn in your union blue coat. Turn in your turn in your your kepi and turn in everything. Now if Bob wants to go, let him go. If he wants to, if they want to test the market, I read yesterday on TSN there's a possibility he could be waving signing his waving his no trade clause. If that happens, I love Corpy. Corpy's one of my favorite goal, second favorite goaltender besides Bob. Out of this whole, out of this team, I know the kid out of Cleveland and out of the out of the developmental league is supposed to be very very good. But the guy who's given you a Vesna and been in the contention of the Vesna the last last year and he won the Vesna the year before, you're gonna pass up him for a piece of bread? Give me a break. Give me an honest to God break. Sure, his stats and all his scoring has been fantastic. Two game overtime winners. Winning in Washington was the key thing. And the the whole Bob situation is just carrying over. You know, this I know this is gonna be a, a long segment for you. And I, it's as the Bob turns. I have to as the jackets turn. And I have to tell you this. It's going to be a long episode because of how I feel about this. So, be prepared. For me, if Bob goes, the Jackets are set back another year to two years. Corpy is a great goaltender and everything like that, but I don't see him winning us, uh, uh, keeping us in contention in the playoff series. You're going to have a lot of fans that are going to lead this team, too. If we could get a deal, there, there's no chance, I don't think, in my opinion, now for Bob to get a deal because of the whole he wants out now. And it just sucks. It honestly sucks. I've never been so disappointed in this team in the way that in, in the way that, you know, us as fans have treated Bob. Not giving us, giving him for granted. He's one of my favorites. He's my girlfriend's favorite player. It's just, it's just frustrating. It is honestly frustrating. To sit there, sit here in this office, 
go out and watch it, watch the game wherever I need to watch it. And you know, Sunday's game against against the Rangers was a really good game. Bob was in net. He got back into the play. Corpy started Thursday and Saturday. Jackets get the win on Sunday with Bob at net. You know, and it was a barrage of goals for the Jackets. They beat the Rangers seven to five. Of course, Panarin is seventeenth. Duclair is tenth. Atkinson is twenty-sixth. Sedlak his twelfth. Excuse me, his second. Nick Foligno with two goals is eleven and twelfth of the year. And Davis Savard is third. Jackets routed the the Rangers, and we'll get to that in just a second too. There's another piece of that in just a second. But then you get to last night. The Jackets were taking on New Jersey, and the Jackets get a four-one win over Jersey. And the Atkinson line, again, the number top one line, helps us out. Atkinson, Panarin, Dubois, all scoring in the game for the Jackets. But I, I just keep bringing it back to Bob and the whole situation. I just don't like it. I, I, I just don't like the way that this is going down. Now, it would be a shock to me, you know, if they get bread done... And then they ship Bob out, and now and there's there's talks of a couple teams wanting Bobrovsky. One is St. Louis. St. Louis wants a gold a goaltender with more experience. Jake Allen is not cutting it out for them, as well as the Islanders, the team that is behind the Jackets on the outside looking in in the playoffs. And I just, I just hate this. I don't want him to go. I rather go have him go to St. Louis, if he has to go. I just wish Bob could stay. But you know, he's pissed off the most. You know, and the fans have betrayed him. I feel like, you know, and I'm, I don't want to say this, but, you know, us as Jacket fans have portrayed Sergei Bobrovsky. Sticking up for a man who is making goals and providing points, I, 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 I get it, but I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I could see him leaving more than anything else. And if both Bob and Panarin leave... We're talking. We're going back. We're going back to before after after Nash left, and we're talking uh, during the Todd Richards, Scott O'Neill years in a rebuild. I I, I listened to the the power play on the NHL radio network. I listened to it, and. The host at the time, the guy, the guy from Columbus, calls in. His name is Jacob. He calls up. He says that the host at the time calls the Jackets. Said at the time the Jackets were not even relevant in the world of, in, in in the NHL. That they're not a quality team. Well, we are a quality team. 
We've got some problems now, but hopefully we can fix these problems. Hopefully we can fix these problems. Because I, I hate for us to be where we're at now. And we'll get to the standings here in just a second and the rest of the news and notes. To be at where we're at now. And then it's just all, all the crap hits the fan. Bob goes, Panarin goes, and we slide into where the host says that we go. Being irrelevant. Not getting the sellouts that we've been getting. Not filling the arena. So, the one people I blame for Bob possibly leaving is you, the Panarin fans. And you, the non-Bob fans. So we'll see. Jackets have a long homestand. Started last night against New Jersey with their 4-1 win. They'll play Montreal on on Friday at Nationwide. Tickets still available for the game, which is surprising, against Montreal. Tickets are still available. And then after Montreal, the Jackets continue and head the road on Saturday night to take on the Minnesota Wild before they return back home that Tuesday to take on the Buffalo Sabres. And then they go up to Winnipeg to end the month of January. They play Minnesota on Saturday. And then it's a a week off of the Jackets, which leads into the All-Star break on the 25th, the 26th of January. So we'll see what happens with that. But with the Jackets win last night, it helps their case out. And with recapping some of the scores from last night before we get into play, a lot of things happened last night in the NHL. 20 games. 20 teams were in action last night. Vegas gets the loss in Winnipeg, and Winnipeg gets revenge from Las Vegas as they win 4-1 over the Golden Knights. St. Louis loses to the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. It was the Rangers getting a 6-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Montreal was a winner 5-1 over Florida. Detroit was a winner 3-1 over the Anaheim Ducks. The Capitals getting spanked by the Nashville Predators 7-2. L.A. gets the loss in Minnesota with a score of 3-2. Tampa Bay, a winner 2-0 over Dallas. And the Sharks beating the Penguins last night 5-2. Games tonight on the docket. You have Colorado is in Ottawa to take on the Senators. The Wednesday night rivalry game sees the Boston Bruins in Philadelphia to take on Gritty and the Philadelphia Flyers. The late game looks like this. is Buffalo is in Calgary to take on the Flames. Edmonton is in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. And the Sharks travel into Glendale to take on the Arizona Coyotes. So with Washington beating, losing to Nashville, San Jose beating Pittsburgh, the Jackets winning, here's the updated standings. 
In the Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay is in first place and running the way with the league right now with a record 36-9-2 with 74 points. Toronto is in second place in the Atlantic Division at 15-2 with 58 points. Boston is 26-15-5 with 57 points in the Metropolitan Division. Our Columbus Blue Jackets are in first place with a record of 28-15-3 with 59 points. Washington is 27-14-5 with 59 points. The Islanders are 26-15-4 with 56 points. Wildcard ranks race looks like this. Montreal is 26-17-5 with 57 points. Pittsburgh is 25-15-6 with 56 points. Buffalo is on the outside looking in with a record of 23-17-6 with 52 points. Carolina is 22-19-5 with 49 points. The Rangers are 19-20-7 with 45 points. The Devils are 16-21-7 with 43 points. The Detroit Red Wings are 18-23-7 with 43 points. Florida Panthers are 17-20-8 with 42 points. The Philadelphia Flyers are 17-23-6 with 40 points. And the Ottawa Senators are 17-24-5 with 39 points. The Western Conference looks like this. Winnipeg in first place had a record of 30-14-2 with 62 points. Nashville holding on strong at second at 28-16-4 with 60 points. The Colorado Avalanche are 21-17-8 with 50 points. The Pacific Division looks like this. Top team in the Pacific Division and top team in the Western Conference is the Calgary Flames at 30-13-4 with 64 points. The San Jose Sharks are 28-13-7 with 63 points. 63 points. Vegas is 28-17-4 with 60 points. Wildcard standings looks like this. Dallas is 23-20-4 with 50 points. Minnesota is 23-20-3 with 49 points. On the outside looking in is the Edmonton Oilers at 22-21-3 with 47 points. Vancouver is 21-21-5 with 47 points. Anaheim 19-19-9 with 47 points. St. Louis is 20-20-5 with 45 points. Arizona 20-22-3 with 43 points. The Hawks are 16-23-9 and with 41 points. And rounding out the Western Conference is the LA Kings at 18-25-4 with 40 points. So the Jackets holding strong in the Metropolitan Division in first place. They get back into action tomorrow night against the Montreal Canadiens. 7 o'clock puck drop at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. As you're listening to All ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, However you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. We'll get into the NHL news and notes as well right now. News and notes to pass along in the NHL for you. Andrew Cogliano was traded today, was traded traded from the Anaheim Ducks to the Dallas Stars in, replay, in, in the trade. Devin Shore goes to the Anaheim Ducks. Josh Georges announces his retirement, but the big... N- from the NHL, but the big news is that Rick Nash, the former number one overall draft pick from the Columbus Blue Jackets, was announced his retirement on Saturday. Uh, he has been battling concussion-like symptoms, and he is, step- he is stepping away from the game itself. Nash, with his career drafted by Columbus, then went to was traded to the Rangers, then finished his career with the Boston Bruins. Jack, uh, the Jackets and the Rangers honoring him on Sunday before the game with his family dropping the ceremonial puck drop at Nationwide Arena. And, you know, 
my thoughts on Rick Nash is that he was one of the best best jackets of all time. Um, it's hard to say that see this guy end his career so young in his career. Uh, he never got the chance to make the step forward in making the ultimate success and winning the Stanley Cup. He had the opportunity with the Rangers the year that they played the LA Kings, but they, he fell short and they lost to the Kings. That was the closest he's ever gone to. But um, to have the ultimate success, you know, that would be awesome for him. But, of course, not going to happen. His wife and his two kids were at the game on Sunday. Um, standing ovation for him before the game. Um, you know, some of my favorite Nash moments, of course. One is the goal that everybody keeps talking about from the Arizona game where he deeped out the defenders twice and puts it past Rick Tockett at the time to win it for the Jackets. And then the big one, it was in in 2009 when the Jackets won the game against the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime to give the Jackets their first ever Stanley Cup postseason run. They were eliminated by the Detroit Red Wings in four games, but... Nash gets the game winner, the tying goal in overtime, and they win in in a, in, a, in a shootout in Chicago to win and claim a wild card spot, not a wild card spot, but one of the final eight spots in the NHL playoffs. So to Rick Nash, I say thank you for great memories and for the he was the original inaugurator for the Studio Sixty One. Here in East Toledo, now it's Studio 72. But uh, Bob, Bob is now holding court. That might change, of course. But to Rick Nash, thank you for your terrific career as a Jacket and as a Ranger and as a Buffalo Saber, not Buffalo Saber, but a Boston Bruin. So thank you, Rick. Enjoy retirement. As you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Podcasts Now, just took a sip of water. The whole Bob situation still rattles my mind, uh, the whole thing. But let's we got other teams to talk about and a lot of other things to talk about as well, too. So let, let's dive into the NFL and the, and the uh, championship weekend, shall we? Before, before that, before that, We'll give you all the stats and all the information about this upcoming weekend shows with the ECHL All-Star Game at the end of the program tonight. So stick with us. You'll hear the schedule and you'll hear all the shows that will be coming up this upcoming weekend for the ECHL All-Star Game. Because usually we put the walleye and the blue jackets all together, but the jackets were the prime story tonight. Let's dive into the gridiron and talk about the NFL. I went two for four last weekend in my weekend picks, and now we head into championship weekend, and it is a interesting weekend, to say the least. And It started Saturday afternoon in Kansas City where the Chiefs just absolutely painted the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck, 19 for 36, 203, one touchdown, Zero INTs. He w- he also carried the ball two times for 17 yards. Mack, nine touches for 46 yards. No TDs in the game. As the 
Indianapolis Colts lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 31-13. T.Y. Hilton, four catches, 60 yards, one TD in the game. For Kansas City, Mahomes bearing past Andrew Luck, 27 for 41, 278, zero touchdowns, ZRINTs. He also ran the ball three times for eight yards and one TD in the game. Williams, 25 touches for 129, one TD in the game. Kiki, Kiki, seven catches, 108 yards, zero TDs in the game. Hill, eight catches, 72 yards, no TDs in the game. The breakdown looks like this. Indianapolis had 15 first downs to Kansas City's 29. Indianapolis 0 for 9 and third down. Kansas City 4 for 14. The, the Chiefs had 433 yards to total offense. 253 through the air, 180 on the ground. Indianapolis, 266, 174 through the air, 87 yards on the ground. Penalties killed Indianapolis as well. 10 penalties for 70 yards, one turnover in the game for Indy. The Chiefs had six penalties for 54 yards, one inter- one turnover in the game for that one. That was a fumble. So the Chiefs proving themselves. Showing that they are the reason why they're the number one overall seed. You get to Saturday night's game with the Rams hosting the the Cowboys, and I have the Cowboys in the game because I think that the Rams were, you know, still a little inexperienced. They're not to the right liking, and boy, did they show me wrong. Beating the Cowboys thirty to twenty-two, Prescott twenty for thirty-two. 266, one TD, zero INTs in the game. He also ran the ball two times for three yards, one TD in the game. Elliott shut down, 20 touches for 47 yards, one TD in the game. Mari Cooper, six catches for 65 yards, one TD in the game. Gallup, six catches, 119 yards, no TDs in the game. Jared Goff, 15 for 28 for the Rams, 168, no touchdowns, no INTs. He also ran the ball six times for 12 yards, no TDs in the game. Anders, C.J. Anderson, 23 touches for 123 yards, two TDs in the game. Woods, six catches for 69 yards, no TDs in the game. Brooks, four catches, 65 yards, no TDs in the game. The breakdown looks like this. Dallas, 19 first down plays to the Rams, 30. Dallas is 1 for 10 on third down. The Rams, 5 for 11. The Cowboys, 308 yards of total offense, 258 through the air, 50 on the ground. Shutting down Ezekiel Elliott, of course, like I told you before. The Rams had 459 yards of total offense, 168 through the air, 273 on the ground. Both teams have four penalties. The Cowboys, 26 yards to the Rams, 41. And both teams did not turn over the football. So, of course, two good games on Saturday, which led into the Sunday games. And the Sunday kickoff was the Chargers playing the Patriots. And I tell you, Tom Brady's still deadly as ever. Nobody was really talking about the Patriots. They're like, oh, well, you know, Rivers is just going to go in. He's just going to torch Brady. You know, it's a rematch of 07, and he's just going to light him up and blah, 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 blah. New England just absolutely killed him. They beat the LA Chargers 41-28. to Brady, 34 for 44, 343, one TD, no INTs. Rivers, 25 for 51, 331, three touchdowns, one interception. Melvin Gordon for the for the Chargers, nine touches, 15 yards, one TD in the game. 
Allen, two catches, 75 yards, one TD in the game. Williams, five catches, 94 yards, no TDs in the game. Mitchell, for the Patriots, 24 touches for 129 yards, three touchdowns in the game. Edelman, nine catches, 151 yards, no TDs in the game. White, 15 cut catches, 97 yards, no TDs in the game. It was pretty much clear, cut clear that the Patriots were going to win that game, in my opinion. So that sets up Kansas City to play New England. In the AFC Championship game. You'll hear my prediction on that game in just a little bit. But we get into the final game of the, of the night. And it was the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions, headed into the Dome at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to take on Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints painted, got lucky. Fools had them running down the field. But an interception late in the four, on the last possession for Philadelphia cost them the game, and New Orleans beats the defending champions, and the defending champions are not defending anymore as the Saints beat the Eagles 20-14. to Nick Foles, 18 for 31, 201 yards, one TD, two touchdowns in the game. Smallwood, 10 catch carries, 33 yards, no TDs in the game. Sproles had three touches for four yards in the game. Ashawn Jeffries, five catches, 63 yards, no TDs in the game. Zach Ernst, five catches, 50 yards, no TDs in the game. Sproles also caught the ball three times for 21 yards, no TDs in the game. For the Saints, it was Breeze, 28 for 38, 301, two TDs, one interception in the game. Kamara, 16 carries for 71 yards, no TDs in the game. Uh, Thomas, 12 catches, 171, one TD in the game. The former Buckeye himself, Ted Ginn Jr., three catches, 44 yards, no TDs in the game. Breakdown looks like this for this one. The Rams, excuse me, not the Rams, but the Saints had 25 first downs to the Eagles, 15. On third down, the Saints were 8 for 15. The Eagles, 2 for 7. The Eagles have 250 yards of total offense to the Saints, 420. 201 through the air for the Eagles, 283 for the Saints. And on the ground, the Eagles shut down on the run game with 49 yards of total run offense to the Saints, 137. The Saints had 11 penalties for 84 yards. The Eagles, four penalties for 30 yards, two turnovers in the game for Philadelphia, one turnover in the game for New Orleans. So that sets up New Orleans versus L.A. in the early game. 3.05 kickoff. This upcoming Sunday, championship Sunday in the NFL. Game is in New Orleans in the Dome on Fox. The favorite right now is the Saints at three and a half points. It sets up pretty easily for me. I'm going to take the Saints. So Drew Brees will get to the Super Bowl. Now the question is, will he be facing Mahomes or will he be facing Brady? 6.05 kickoff for that game this upcoming Sunday as the Patriots take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. This will be the coldest NFC Championship game in history. At game time, the temperature is going to be in the negative degrees as... It is going to be negative three because an Arctic blast is going to be hitting that area. So cold weather, not going to be seeing the ball as much being thrown in the air. 
But I think they get the job done. I'm taking New England. So that sets up Breeze versus Brady in Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. And it's pretty simple to me. I told you at the beginning of the season, I said it was going to be Atlanta versus New England for a Super Bowl. And I think this would be the last one for New England to possibly the last one for Tom Brady and and Bill Belichick to ride off into the sunset. Why not? Why not have this be the final curtain call for the boys? Absolute final curtain call would be perfect. So I'm taking New England to beat New Orleans if it happens that way. We'll find out on on next Tuesday when we do it all Andy Alford back here in the studio. But we've got all weekend. We're going to be talking about the ECHL All-Star Weekend. But first, you're listening to all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's dive into a little college basketball. Yes. I said college basketball because it is into full swing this time around. So let's start talking about the hoops and college ball, of course. And the big story for me right now, talking on the local, well, not just the local spectrum, but the regional spectrum as well, too. Let's talk national first and foremost, top 25 in college basketball. And let's talk about Monday night. What I watched is seeing Jim Beheim and the Syracuse Orange beat the Dukies at Coach K floor by a score of 95-91 in overtime. Number one goes down. And I saw the game Saturday afternoon between Florida State and Duke, and Duke got lucky to win that game on that buzzer beater in the in overtime. They got lucky. They got lucky in that second half. Excuse me, second half of the game. Final play of the game. Inbounds. Throws it up for three and buries it. No time remaining. They got lucky to win that game against Florida State. But now Syracuse goes in last on Monday to Coach K Court and gets the job done. Jim Beheim coaches his team up well. And Duke was missing a lot of players in this game. Duke was missing a lot of players in this game. Hughes for Syracuse at 45 minutes. He was 7 for 15 in the field goal range. 4 for 9 in a 3-point land. He had 20 points. The kid, Chiwu, 32 minutes. He was 3 for 5. He had 10 points. He had 18 rebounds in the game. Fantastic in the game for the Dukies. It was Bennett with 45 minutes in the game. He was 8 for 13, three-point lane, threw 4 for 7 from three-point. He had 23 points. Williamson had 40, played 44 minutes, 12 for 20 at, from field goal range, 1 for 5 from three-point lane. He had 35 points in the game. So Duke goes down, number one C overall. Of course, last night you had... Tennessee getting the 106-87 win over Arkansas. You also had Buffalo from the MAC getting 
a win. They're 16th ranked in the country with an 88-79 win over Western Michigan. Virginia getting the win 81-59 over Virginia Tech. Nevada pulling and beating Boise State 72-71. How about Notre Dame losing to North Carolina 75-69 last night? North Carolina 13th ranked in the country. Tonight on the slate, it's going to be Auburn 14th ranked taking on Texas A&M. 23rd ranked Iowa takes on Penn State. Kansas State heads into Oklahoma to take on the Sooners. Iowa State takes on Texas Tech. 8th ranked Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. And 21st ranked Houston takes on SMU. Looking at the local spectrum, of course, let's talk about the Mid-America Conference. And let's talk about a certain team out of a certain windy city in the central part of the northwest Ohio area. It starts with a B and rhymes with G, and let's talk about the Bowling Green State University Falcons. BG, an absolutely fantastic showing so far, a perfect 8-0 at home this year, and they got the job done last night, barely, barely getting the win over Ball State 79-78 in the game. BG on the front on the front page right there, getting their eighth straight win. For BG in the game, it was it was Poland, Powden, Powden, excuse me. Twenty seven minutes he played four for seven, three for five, nineteen points in the game. Turner thirty six minutes played seven for seventeen, three for six from three point range, twenty points in the game. On the bench, Adrian Lillard twenty six minutes played four for twelve, one for five from three point lane. He had fifteen points in the game for Bowling Green. On the opposite side for the Ball State Fighting Cardinals, Pierce, Pearson, 33 minutes, 10 for 19 from, three, from the field goal range, 2 for 5 overall. He had 28 points in the game. So BG continuing to roll. Last night, of course, other, other games in the Mid-America Conference, besides Buffalo getting the win over Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan loses to Akron, 51-49. Kent State will win 66-52. Miami of Ohio gets loses to Toledo at Savage Arena, 71-59. And Central Michigan gets a 78-69 win over the, over the Northern Illinois Huskies. No games on the docket tonight. We get back into the swing of things on Friday in the Mid-American Conference. Eastern Michigan is at Buffalo, 16th ranked Buffalo, 7 o'clock tip on ESPNU. And the late game at 7 o'clock on ES on CBS Sports Network, CCO by Ohio Bobcats taking on the 14-3 and Toledo Rockets. BG gets back into play on Saturday as they take on the Western Michigan Broncos. BG 12-5 overall, Western Michigan 6 and 11. Looking at the standings in the Mid-American Conference in college basketball, Buffalo in the East running away right now at 4-0, a 16-1 overall record, a percentage of a .941. Bowling Green's right there. They're 12-5, and a .706. They're 4-0 in conference play. Kent State 2-2, 13-4 and overall. Akron 2-2, and 10-7 overall. My Amy of Ohio 0 for 4 in conference play, 8 and 9 overall, and Ohio 1 and 3, 9 and 7 overall in conference play. In the West, West Central Michigan 3 and 1, 14 and 3 overalls. Northern Illinois is 3 and 1, 10 and 7 overall. And a mathematical first place in the West in Toledo is 2 and 2 in conference play, 14 and 3 overall. Eastern Michigan 12, 2 and 2 in conference play, 8 and 9 overall. Ball State 1 and 3 
and 10 and 7 overall in Western Michigan. Like I said, 0 and 4 in conference play, 6 and 11 overall in play happening now. So we're into the heart of college basketball season. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well, too. So looking forward to seeing how Bowling Green and the University of Toledo do going in to the down stretch as you are listening to all of the offer tonight right here on the anchor network whether it be itunes spotify google podcast podcast now stitcher however you listen to me wherever you're listening to me thank you for tuning into the program and now let's dive into this upcoming weekend it is a huge weekend in the northwest ohio area and i'm not talking about snow again or or winter storm harper i'm talking about the echl all star classic happening this weekend. So happening this weekend, of course, is the ECHL All-Star Weekend. But before we get into that, let's dive into what has happened for the walleye and what's happened on the, for the fish so far. They were on the road this past week as they headed into Boise, Idaho to take on the Idaho Steelheads. And it was not a great weekend for the fish. The fish getting swept in Idaho Getting only one point out of the possible, out of the possible six points out of the whole weekend, so they get one point out of the weekend. And it started Wednesday night as the Fish lose four to two. The Idaho Steelheads registered and Hinsick all scoring for the Fish. It's McParkland, Kensing, and Payne all scoring for the Steelheads. The Fish out shot in the game thirty three to thirty thirty one. Toledo 0 for 3 on the power play. Idaho 0 for 4. Friday night saw the best chance for the Fish to get a win as they lose in a shootout to Idaho 4 to 3. Matt Register again bearing his 7th of the season. A.J. Jenks his 11th and Smith getting his 3rd of the season. Pierce, Snarps, and Snarf, excuse me, Snarp and Nas all scoring for the Idaho Steelhead. Idaho out shooting the walleye. 37 to 30. The fish had 10 opportunities on the power play, only converting on one chance. Unbelievable. One for 10 on the power play. Idaho 0 for 3. Then you get to Saturday and Idaho finishing it up and sweeping the series over the fish as they beat them 5 to 3. Smith, his fourth of the season. Sataway and Kia scoring for the fish. It was Payne, Petrix, Gusaw. Glukowski, Ovla, and Nas all scoring for the Steelheads. The Steelheads 1 for 5 on the power play. Toledo 2 for 8 on the power play. The Fish were outshot in the game 42 to 37. So the Walleye are, are back home at the Huntington Center practicing this week. They'll have a game Saturday night against Kalamazoo. 7.30 puck drop for that one at the Huntington at, at Kalamazoo Wing Center. And then they return home Sunday to take on the Fort Wayne Comets, that's a 515 puck, puck drop, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is a 515 puck drop for that game at the Huntington Center. And that starts off, that's, that's the middle part of the whole All-Star Weekend festivities happening in downtown Toledo. And we're going to be a part of the downtown festivities, of course, talking about this. On Friday, we will have a special edition of All Andy Elford for you this upcoming Friday. It will be a Facebook Live show. We will be talking about the ECHL All-Star Game. We'll be talking about some of the players that you're going to be seeing on the ice on Monday for the MLK 
ECHL All-Star Game that's happening at the Huntington Center. We will also be talking about the Jackets, of course, and their game against Montreal and a few other things as well. So follow me on Facebook.com, Facebook.com. That's Andy Elford at Facebook.com. And also, we will also have it posted on here on the Anchor Network. If you can't get a chance to watch the show live, we'll have the show taped for you right here on Facebook Live. But a lot of events happening in downtown on Friday night. Of course, the main event is the All-Star Weekend Fin to Fanatic Party. It's just for season ticket holders. Uh, they're going to be having the Hockey Hall of Fame and display at Toledo, at Holy Toledo Tavern that's going to open up at 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Um, and as well as they'll have live entertainment in Toledo Walleye Bubble Hockey at Hensville and Fleetwood's Tap Room from 4 p.m. to midnight on Friday night. Saturday sees a big event. The Walleye are having the All-Star Brew Fest happening at 5th Third Field. That's going to be from 5 to 10. Uh, so Fan Fest kicks off starting at noon on Saturday at, Hensf- at Hensville in the Fleetwood Building, as well as the Armory and also Holy Toledo Tavern. That starts up at, at 12 o'clock. That's from 12 to 6. And then at 5, we'll start the Winterfest Brewfest at Fifth Third Field. You'll have to have a ticket for that one. And tickets are available for FanFest. It's only $10 to get in. But the key thing is of this, FanFest for the walleye, if you have a ticket for FanFest, that will get you into both Friday and Saturday, excuse me, Saturday and Sunday's events happening at Fifth Third Field. So that is what the walleye have confirmed to us. It's also been confirmed on their Facebook page. So if you have a ticket to the Fan Fest, that's good for both Saturday and Sunday. That's Saturday and Sunday. And the weekend looks like this. A lot of things in the in the plans for that happening. Of course, it will be All-Star Weekend, like I said, the hockey display, as well as in the Armory it is going to be the Hockey Hall of Fame stuff. You're going to see the Cosmite Trophy. You're going to see the Hart Trophy, the Ted Lindsay, as well as it's the Holy Grail itself. The Stanley Cup will be in presence. You'll be able to take, be able to take your picture with it from 12 to 6. That's only on Saturday the 19th of January at Hensville and Hensville Park in the Fleetwoods Tap Room as well as in the Armory, too. Also happening at various rinks around the region, it will be the Walleye Youth Tournament Hockey Tournament, as well as the Hockey High School Hockey Tournament, as well, too. And there are going to be free admissions all for that. Then Sunday is the big event, of course, Sunday. Now, now here's the key thing. Saturday, we will be doing a show. It will be a 30-minute show beyond the Facebook Live scene. Sunday will be another 30-minute show, of course, to give you the preview of what's to come for the day, for the walleye, and what's happening at All-Star Weekend. We won't be doing like a full version of this program, but check through the Facebook Live. We'll also have it we'll also have it posted on the Twitter page. You follow us at all Andy Alford. We'll take the video from that and we'll, we'll post it on the Twitter account as well. So what high school hockey tournaments going on, as well as youth hockey tournaments going on throughout the rinks around Toledo on Saturday and as well as on Sunday. Sunday is the main event that the Walleye will take on the Fort Wayne Comets. It's Hockey Heritage Night as well as Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame Night. The Hockey Hall of Fame is happening. The Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame. The luncheon is taking place Sunday at Seagate Center, 12 to 3. Tickets are for a table to eat is sold out. 
But tickets for general admission is available. It is $10 to see the Hall of Fame. And Mike Garuzioni, the golden gold man himself, as well as Chris McSorley and Greg Mahalovich, all being inducted into the Toledo, Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame this year, as well as the ECHL Hall of Fame induction of Rick Jetson. Yes, Rick Jetson, the the former Buffert, Bedford play, kicking mule himself, going into the ECHL. Hall of Fame, as well as All-Star Fan Fest happening as well on Sunday. 12-3, unfortunately, 12-3 will be the Sunday, and that is the last day of Fan Fest going on on Sunday. And then we get to Monday, the big event. Of course, all-day events happening. Of course, the Hockey Hall of Fame display at Holy Toledo from 11-11. to Live entertainment at Fleetwoods. Of course, the Hockey Championships are at the Huntington Center at 7 a.m., starting at 7 a.m. in the hockey tournament, as well as the high school hockey tournament as well, too, will be taking place at BGSU's Ice Arena. Uh, the championship games happening there leads into the ECHL All-Star Game Monday night, 7 o'clock at the Huntington Center. Yours truly will be there. We will do a special version of All in the Offer from the seats. From Huntington Center, you won't be able to miss it. You won't be missing any of the action. We're going to be doing be doing the Facebook Live through intermissions. Through the intermissions, you'll hear my take on a few things that's happened so far between the different games and between the different opponents. And you'll hear all the new stuff as well, too. So all Andy offer is invading the ECHL All-Star Weekend this upcoming weekend. Tickets are still available. A limited amount of tickets are still available for the All-Star Game. By calling 419-725-WALL or ToledoWallEye.com. They are very limited in their ticket in their ticket selection, of course. When I went and pick up, picked up all the information, all the press information, the tickets were down to 500. Yes, 500 tickets remaining. A lot of just empty single seats left. A lot of standing room only is still available, but tickets are running fast. For this event. And now I have to make mention of this too. Um, Winter Storm Harper is coming into play for this event. A lot of the events that were for the walleye were going to be in Hensville Park. They moved them indoors because of the big snow event that's happening here in the northwest Ohio, southeastern Michigan area. They're expected about six to nine inches of snow Saturday into Friday night into Saturday, all day Saturday and into Sunday morning. And so events Saturday could get postponed. Check the Walleye Facebook page as well as the Twitter as well as on East, the ECHL Twitter page. And we will post as much as we can on the Twitter page if anything does change. Um, looking forward to this big weekend. Uh, this has been one in the history books. And I hope that you know Toledo does very well with hosting this ECHL All-Star Game. Of course, Matt Melzak will be the broadcaster. And if you have the NHL Network, you will be able to watch this game. Yes, if you have the ECHL ne- uh, NHL Network, the ECHL All-Star Game is on the NHL Network this upcoming Monday at 7 o'clock on the NHL Network. Matt Melzak on the broadcast for that game. As well as you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now. However you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now 
Let's dive into the end of the program. We hit the end of the program, and it's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants. And uh, first and foremost, before we begin, I'd like to say thank you for tuning into the program tonight, and thank you for making this show possible. It is uh, truly a pleasure to be with you tonight. And remember, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button, and it'll pop up every time we do a show. On whatever platform you're on, whatever the podcast you're on, the show will pop up there and you'll be able to listen to it first right here on whatever platform you're listening to us via the Anchor Network. So I want to thank you for tuning into the program tonight. Of course, you heard the huge rant I had earlier this evening about the Blue Jackets. That was the majority of the rant that I wanted to do tonight. But of course, the rant for tonight on All Andy Alfred is this. For Andy Rance. Um, We have to be careful nowadays. Absolutely careful for what we say, what we do, who we say things to, and what we say things about. We have to be careful about what we choose to say, who to say it, and when to say it. And this is... um, not going out to anybody in particular or anything like that. But we live in a society that has changed in the last 10 years. About what we say to each other, what we do for each other, what we can do for each other. And we need to get back to helping each other out instead of closing off and being one by ourselves. Helping each other out is key in life. My 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 rule was what I grew up in my pedigree is do others as others would do unto you. And I still live by that model to this day. It is one of those things that I will always carry with my kids, like and my kids I hopefully will carry on to me. But I'm just trying to say is, you know, be careful what you say and what you do in this world, whether it be on social media, whether it be on, whether it be with your coworkers, whether it be with, with your friends out in the bar and being open. Just be careful what you say and what you do because it can always come back to haunt you. It can always come back to hurt you. So, be careful and think before you speak. Not that great of a rant tonight, but just wanted to pass that along. Because the huge rant was from the wall, from the Blue Jackets, so there's that for you. And that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elf for tonight. I will see you guys on, talk to you guys, and see you guys this upcoming Friday for our special Facebook Live edition of the program as we get you set up for the ECHL All-Star Weekend. So until I talk to you and see you guys on Friday, I am Andy Elfer saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, the Blue Jackets. Come on, Jackets! Keep the winning streak going. First place in the Metro. And stay, stay with us, Bob. Go walleye. Go cyclones.
Go Falcons. And go Buckeyes. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for a special edition of All Andy Alfred, a Facebook Live edition right here on the Anchor Network and on Facebook Live. Love you. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor.